Hey, look, uh, you know, like, if you bought this record to learn how to speak hip from a record man, that is the squarest thing I ever heard of. I mean, wow. But, look, so like you bought it, you must need it. So that was a smart move, you know what I mean, or something? <clears throat> Hello there, and welcome to the exciting world of hip. Oh, just relax, baby. Me and this other cat, we're going to straighten you out. This is a new departure in language instruction for English-speaking people who want to talk to and be understood by jazz musicians, hipsters, beatniks, juvenile delinquents, and the criminal fringe. What time is it? I've got to make a phone call. Shh, shh. The twilight world of the American hipster is an important American subculture with a language all its own. To enable you to speak this language of hip exactly like the hipsters themselves, we've provided an actual hipster to teach you the correct pronunciation and delivery of his language. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, your instructor, Mr. Geets Romo. Look, is it going to be a long session, man? Let's head out for some pizza or something. Yeah? And now the Bang Podcast Network presents the Spawn Ranch Dance Party with the Spawn Ranch Boys. It's Radio Free Bakersfield. And now here's your host, Jorge, on the Spawn Ranch Dance Party, part of the Bang Podcast Network. Well, this is Filthy Rotten West, host of Trashmatic Garbage Go-Go, here on Jorge's Radio Free Bakersfield to spin a lot of great beatnik music for you. I spin wild tunes for all you finks and goons, and it is going to be some wild, hot Platters that matter, some uh, lacquer crackers, uh, no sharp corners here. It's all going to be wild. Starting off with the legend himself, Mr. Jack Kerouac. Uh, dig it. It's uh, coming at you right now. Out we jumped in the warm, mad night, hearing a wild tenor man's bawling horn across the way going, yeah, yeah, and hands clapping to the beat, and folks yelling, go, go, go. And far from escorting the girls into the place, Dean Moriarty was already racing across the street with his huge bandaged thumb in the air yelling, Blow, man, blow! And a bunch of colored men in Saturday night suits were whooping it up in front. Crazy, floppy women wandered around sometimes in their bathrobes. Bottles clanked in alleys. And back of the joint in the dark corridor, beyond the splattered toilets, scores of men and women stood against the wall drinking wine spodiote and spitting at the stars. Wine spodioti being wine, whiskey, and beer. And the behatted tenor man was blowing at the peak of a wonderfully satisfactory free idea. A rising and falling rift that went from ee to a crazier ilia and blasted along to the rolling crash of butt-scarred drums hammered by a big, brutal-looking, curl-sconced guy with a bull neck who didn't give a damn about anything but punishing his tubs. Crash, rattle boom crash, uproars of music, and the tenor man had it, and everybody knew he had it, and Dean was clutching his head in the crowd, and it was a mad crowd. They were all urging that tenor man to hold it and keep it with cries and wild eyes. He was raising himself from a crouch and going down again with his horn, looping it up in a clear cry above the furor. A six-foot skinny woman was rolling her bones at the man's horn bell, and he just jabbed it at her, playing ee, ee, ee. He had a foghorn tone. His horn was taped. He was a shipyard worker, and he didn't care. I'll see, I want some coffee. Get some in Harris, a coffee house. Hey, must be closed. Ain't got no lights on. 
Can't see nothing. What's that funny smell? Smells like a wet rug burning. Hey, I'm beginning to see people out. Looks like a convention of Castro's rebels. Hey, buddy. How you fix for blades? <laughs> hey, um, I need a cup of coffee. What kind? Just coffee. Espresso? Yeah, I'll try some of that. Is that all I get? Hi, doggy, that stuff rots your socks, you know it? What's that guy doing over there? Reading poetry? Hey, let me read some of that stuff. Say, let me read some of that stuff, too. Hey, okay. <coughs> Like all the world loves a lover And when it rains the birds and bees run for cover Life's an aquarium Dad and we all a bunch of sea slugs Yes, I say to you that Main Street's the Milky Way Where you can hear the hipsters say Got a dollar for a hit Man, here's your rocket ship. Blast off, Rudolph. Blast off. Your nose is red enough. Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Jack jumped over the candlestick. And man, like he singed all the hair off his legs. Bow it out. Now this cat named Grim was a little on the saddest side, man. I mean, like he could get a giggle out of a crutch. What a tail. Like rub-a-dub-dub, three men in a tub, George. I don't dig that scene. And you know, the cosmos just had to put down that space cow that took the big flyer over Moonsville. Hickory dickory dock, the mouse ran up the clock. The clock struck one, and man, he flipped. There's no way to go with the little creature. Beware, beware of the whirly heads in starched collars who look at us and mutter that dirty word. I tell you, cats, that word is work. I'm sick already. Hi, waitress. Give me that check. Two and a half dollars? That's all my butter and egg money. Wait, I feel a poem coming on. A man is a slave from morn till eve, and his hard-earned bread 
is quick to leave. Yeah, 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 These last words I leave with you. Ooh, Papa Deba. Ooh, Papa Do. Yeah, 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 baby. This is the Spawn Ranch Dance Party in Radio Free Bakersfield. Dance, goddammit. Flesh as a color is in an awful mess. Yes. Ask anyone with flesh, they'll tell you. Flesh as a color is about as close to a problem as a color can get. Some people think the only color flesh color should be is the color their flesh color is, which, pure and simple, is color-centric thinking. Popular in some corners. But you and I know, though, that the proper color for flesh to be is the proper color it is, varying from complexion to complexion. But if black flesh, and white flesh, and brown flesh, and red flesh, and yellow flesh, and tan flesh, if all the fleshes that are flesh want to establish a sensible similarity among differences, we better forget the flesh and the colors it can be, and think on the spirit and its singular light. Otherwise, flesh as a color could be black and blue, or even a bloody hue.
just for kicks. We all went to the self-realization cafe and had mushroom burgers and made up haiku poems. Then one of the others got the bright idea to roll somebody, and I got panicked. And I didn't want them to know, and I held onto the table so I wouldn't tremble. We went to this bar by the bus depot and waited for somebody to come out. And they grabbed him. And he only said, no, no. And he didn't have a chance. They beat him up good. His face was bloody and his eyes were white. And they left him in a little pile like a dung heap. And I watched it all. Going home, the one called Sailor said, did you see his eyes? And Dave passed me the bottle and said, what's the matter, kid, no guts? And I felt like they were all coming up then. When I left them, I walked for a while. And it was early in the morning. And this big old water truck came by and sprayed the sidewalk and the gutter down. And the water smelled good. And the sun was just coming up above the few trees there are in our neighborhood. Below Coit Tower. And through the fog it looked like an eclipse. Going to work were all the people I never see at night including some waitresses in bandanas and big men with paper bag lunches. And some kids finally came along who were going to school, one on a bicycle, and some dogs. And I went home and listened to the radio and made up haiku poems. was a bread stasher all his life. He never got fat. He wound up with a used car, a 17-inch screen, and arthritis. Tamari is a drag man. Tamari is a king-sized bust. They cry, put down pot, don't think a lot. For what? Time, how much, and what to do with it? Sleep, man, and you might wake up digging the whole human race, giving itself three days to get out. Tomorrow is a drag, pops. The future is a flake. I had a canary who couldn't sing. I had a cat that let me share my pad with her. I bought a dog that killed the cat that ate the canary. What is truth? an uncle with an Ivy League heart. He had life with a belt in the back. He had a button-down brain. Wind up, a belt in the mouth, and a button-down lip. We cough blood on this earth. Now there's a race for space. We can cough blood on the moon soon. Tamara is Dragsville cats. Tamara is a king-size drag. fast shorts, swing with a gassy chick, turn on to a thousand joys, smile on what happened or check what's going to happen, you'll miss what's happening. Turn your eyes inside and dig the vacuum. Tamara Drag. Thank you. 
need a blade to cut the fog to uh, find the sea. Like the chicks are like a drum. Broken down bass and a nutty flu. Hello, baby. Yo, awful cute. Mama's place. Mama's kind of big and kind of rotund. Like the fellas all digger, cause. She's a barrel, a barrel of fun. When uh, she walks by, the floors they quiver. Not only that, it shivers my liver. Mama's face, yeah. Like uh, you gotta dig flutes to uh, join the club. Just uh, sage old sent me and they slide back the door. Well, I gotta go now, cause I'm uh, late for school. Be back in no time. Shoot some poo. Mama's place. Yeah, Mama's place. Ooh, yeah. and you're listening to Radio Free Bakersfield. Again, I am a guest here. I'm glad to be here, and I'm so glad that you're listening to this great beatnik music. These are wild tracks guaranteed to flip your lid, so hold tight to your chair. Don't step on no snakes. We've got a lot more music to come here for you, but let me tell you what you heard before uh, in the last block over there. It was a long one. It had a Kerouac at the beginning with On the Road, a piece of it at least. It was kind of insane to play the whole thing. Uh with Warren Baker underneath doing Caper at the Coffee House. I'm not sure what the caper was, but I hope it was exciting and dangerous. Larry Byrne in there as well doing Beatnik. Larry Byrne being a novelty uh, performer, doing this kind of 
hillbilly out of place persona which doesn't work on a lot of his tracks but that track beatnik is just so damn cool ken nordin in there as well with the track called flesh one of my favorite colors as it varies from complexion to complexion ken nordin being a pioneer in the word of vo- uh, world of vocalies are what we call word jazz and if you like his music there's plenty more to be found if you just look for ken nordin you will find him you'll find probably 30 more tracks of songs about colors on that one album called colors eddie angel in there with mumbling beatnik and rod McEwen, one of my favorites doing haiku poem and uh eating mushroom burgers too um i'm not so certain about that part but uh, Rod McEwen is an amazing performer who has had a, a wild life, running away from home when he was young. I think he had a, an abusive father or stepfather. He ran away when he was really young, got a job as, I believe he worked in a rodeo. He was a stuntman, and he wandered a lot in his life, but always very easy for this uh, tough man to write very sensitively. So uh, I kind of dig that because I'm a sensitive guy, I guess. Uh, also in there, Philippa Fallon doing high school drag from the movie High School Confidential. Bing Day as well. Tell me about Mama's Place, a cool pad, uh, the likes of which do not seem to exist to this day. If you find some place like it, let me know. But the last performer was Kenneth Patchen, the Chamber Jazz Sextet, doing the murder of two men by a young kid wearing lemon-colored gloves. If you could tell that the gloves were lemon-colored just by the track alone, then, well, you're hipper than I am. So uh, dig this. Plenty more coming up right now on Radio Free Bakersfield. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked, dragging themselves through the Negro streets at dawn looking for an angry fix. Angel-headed hipsters burning for the ancient heavenly connection to the starry dynamo in the machinery of night. Who poverty and tatters and hollow-eyed and high set up smoking in the supernatural darkness of cold water flats floating across the tops of cities contemplating jazz. Who bared their brains to heaven under the L and saw Mohammedan angels staggering on tenement roofs illuminated who passed through universities with radiant, cool eyes, hallucinating Arkansas and Blake-like tragedy among the scholars of money and war, who were expelled from the academies for crazy and publishing obscene oaths on the windows of the skull, who cowered in unshaven rooms in underwear, burning their money in waste baskets and listening to the terror through the walls, who got busted in their pubic beards returning to Laredo with a belt of marijuana for New York, who ate fire and paint hotels, or drank turpentine in Paradise Alley death, or purgatoried their torsos night after night with dreams, with drugs, with waking nightmares, alcohol and cock and endless balls, incomparable blind streets of shuddering cloud and lightning in the mind, leaping toward poles of Canada and Patterson, illuminating all the motionless world of time between peyote solidities of halls, backyard green trees, cemetery dawns, wine drunkenness over the rooftops, storefront burrows of tea head, joyride neon blinking traffic light, sun and moon and tree vibrations in the roaring winter dusts of Brooklyn, ash can rantings and kind king light of mind who chained themselves to subways for the endless ride from Battery to Holy Bronx on Benzedrine until the noise of wheels and children brought them down shuddering mouth-racked and battered freak of brain all drained of brilliance 
in the drear light of zoo, who sank all night in submarine light of Bickford's, floated out and sat to the stale beer afternoon in desolate Fugazi's, listening to the crack of doom on the hydrogen jukebox, who talked continuously 70 hours from park to pad to bar to Bellevue to the Brooklyn Bridge, a lost battalion of platonic conversationalists jumping down the stoops, off fire escapes, off window sills, off Empire State, out of the moon, yakety yakking, screaming, vomiting, whispering facts and memories and anecdotes and eyeball kicks and shocks of hospitals and jails and wars, whole intellect disgorged in total recall for seven days and nights with brilliant eyes, meet for the synagogue, cast on the pavement, who vanished into nowhere Zen, New Jersey, leaving a trail of ambiguous picture postcards of Atlantic City Hall, suffering eastern sweats and Tangerian bone grindings and migraines of China under junk withdrawal in Newark's bleak furnished room, who wandered around and around at midnight in the railroad yard wondering where to go and went, leaving no broken hearts, who lit cigarettes in boxcars, 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 racketing through snow toward lonesome farms in Grandfather Night, who studied Plotinus, Poe, St. John of the Cross, telepathy, and Bob Kabbalah, because the cosmos instinctively vibrated at their feet in Kansas, who loaned it through the streets of Idaho, seeking visionary Indian angels who were visionary Indian angels, who thought they were only mad when Baltimore gleamed in supernatural ecstasy, who jumped in limousines with a Chinaman of Oklahoma on the impulse of winter, midnight, streetlight, small town, rain, who lounged hungry and lonesome through Houston seeking jazz or sex or soup and followed the brilliant Spaniard to converse about America and eternity, a hopeless task, and so took ship to Africa, who disappeared into the volcanoes of Mexico, leaving behind nothing but the shadow of dungarees and the lava and ash of poetry scattered in fireplace Chicago, who reappeared on the West Coast investigating the FBI in beards and shorts with big pacifist eyes sexy in their dark skin passing out incomprehensible leaflets, who burned cigarette holes in their arms protesting the narcotic tobacco haze of capitalism, who distributed communist pamphlets in Union Square weeping and undressing while the sirens of Los Alamos wailed them down and wailed down wall and the Staten Island ferry also wailed, who broke down crying in white gymnasiums naked and trembling before the machinery of other skeletons, who bit detectives in the neck and shrieked with delight in police cars for committing no crime but their own wild cooking, pederasty and intoxication, who howled on their knees in the subway and were dragged off the roof waving genitals and manuscripts, who let themselves be fucked in the ass by saintly motorcyclists and screamed with joy, who blew and were blown by those human seraphim, the sailors, caresses of Atlantic and Caribbean love, who bawled in the morning and the evenings in rose gardens and the grass of public parks and cemeteries, scattering their semen freely to whomever, come who may, who hiccup endlessly trying to giggle but wound up with a sob behind a partition in a Turkish bath when the blonde and naked angel came to pierce them with a sword, who lost their love boys to the three old shrews of fate, the one-eyed shrew of the heterosexual dollar, the one-eyed shrew that winks out of the womb, and the one-eyed shrew that does nothing but sit on her ass and snip the intellectual golden threads of the craftsman's loom, who copulated ecstatic and insatiate with a bottle of beer, a sweetheart, a package of cigarettes, a candle, 
and fell off the bed and continued along the floor and down the hall and ended fainting on the wall with a vision of ultimate cunt and cum eluding the last jism of consciousness who sweetened the snatches of a million girls trembling in the sunset and were red-eyed in the morning but prepared to sweeten the snatch of the sunrise flashing buttocks under barns and naked in the lake who went out whoring through Colorado in myriad stolen night cars N.C. secret hero of these poems Coxman and Adonis of Denver joy to the memory of his innumerable lays of girls in empty lots and diner backyards movie houses rickety rows on mountaintops in caves or with gaunt waitresses and familiar roadside lonely petticoat upliftings and especially secret gas station solipsisms of John's and hometown alleys too who faded out in vast sordid movies were shifted in dreams woke on a sudden Manhattan picked themselves up out of basements hung over with heartless tokay and horrors of Third Avenue iron dreams and stumbled to unemployment offices who walked all night with their shoes full of blood on the snowbank docks waiting for a door in the East River to open to a room full of steam heat and opium who created great suicidal dramas on the apartment cliff banks of the Hudson under the wartime blue floodlight of the moon and their heads shall be crowned with laurel in oblivion who ate the lamb stew of the imagination or digested the crab at the muddy bottom of the rivers of Bowery who wept at the romance of the streets with their push carts full of onions and bad music who sat in boxes breathing in the darkness under the bridge and rose up to build harpsichords in their lofts who coughed on the sixth floor of Harlem crowned with flame under the tubercular sky surrounded by orange crates of theology who scribbled all night rocking and rolling over lofty incantations which in the yellow morning were stanzas of gibberish who cooked rotten animals lung, heart, feet, tail, borscht and tortillas dreaming of the pure vegetable kingdom who plunged themselves under meat trucks looking for an egg who threw their watches off the roof to cast their ballot for eternity outside of time and alarm clocks fell on their heads every day for the next decade who cut their wrists three times unsuccessfully, gave up and were forced to open antique stores where they thought they were growing old and cried, who were burned alive in their innocent flannel suits on Madison Avenue amid blasts of leaden verse and the tanked-up clatter of the iron regiments of fashion and the nitroglycerin shrieks of the fairies of advertising and the mustard gas of sinister intelligence editors or were run down by the drunken taxicabs of absolute reality who jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge and walked away unknown and forgotten into the ghostly days of Chinatown soup, alleyways and fire trucks. Not even one free beer. Not even one free beer. Not even one free beer. This is the Spawn Ranch Dance Party in Radio Free Bakersfield. Dance, goddammit. Daddy, oh, you can 
does it, easy does it. Turn off the juice, boy. Go, man, go. But not like a yo yo schoolboy. Just play it cool, boy. Real Basic hip. Ah, youth, the restless breed, a tempest in a teapot, and the teapot is calling the kettle black. Rebelling, protesting, scattering vital forces because of the emotional maturity they lack. Young minds reaching far out in a hazy attempt, trying to grasp the unknown. That which is only made possible when the seed of experience has been sown. Nonconformists, they call themselves. These babes in the woods still fast asleep. Yet they fall in step, and with precision, one follows the other, like little lost sheep. Conventional society is a bane to their existence. In arrogance, coupled with anger, they shout in unison, hypocrite. But young and unripe minds are indeed ignorant minds. They can't comprehend that with the establishment, they wallow in the same pit. They do not comprehend that while they are preaching love and expounding the words "love one another," they are practicing and peddling hate for society and for their father and mother, seeking expression through the negatives of life. The tempest in the teapot brews with lust for body and mind. Society of the damned, they run in wild abandon and oblivion, and unmindful. The human debris they are leaving behind. Their gypsy souls wander through the maze of their own creation, and like a cat chasing its tail, round and round in circles they go, never stopping for that brief moment of introspection that will reveal the answer to 
all they're seeking to know. In whose hands, then, can the future be entrusted when the moving finger writes precisely in despair? The seeds of tomorrow have been planted today. May God help the future for the fruit it will bear. Hi, kiddies. This is your old Uncle Steve again with another Bebop's Fable. Once upon a time in the land of Ulya Blip, there lived a poor boy named Jack. One day, Jack and his mother decided to take inventory. One cow, said Jack. Don't look now, boy, said his mother, but we just finished. So here's the lick. You take this beat-up bovine to market and don't come back without some real loot. Well, on the road, Jack chanced to meet a gent with Bebop glasses and suede shoes. Hey, man, said the stranger. Where are you going with that here-now cow? I'm going to turn her in for a year's supply of money, said Jack. Cost of living has gone up to five eighty a quart, you know. Pops, said the stranger, I can see that when it comes to cows, you don't owe a hill of beans. I'll make you an offer here and now. What's your offer, said Jack? A hill of beans, said the stranger. But dig, these are magic beans. Are they jumping beans, said Jack? Man, said the stranger, these are the jumpinest. Nutty, said Jack. Well, when he told his mother what had transpired, she said, Jackson, you know what I like about you is you got an open mind. You got holes in your head. Well, it was with a heavy heart and a lumpy skull that Jack retired that night, having thrown his beans out into the garden. Imagine his surprise when in the morning he saw a beanstalk that stretched high into the sky. Mama, he shouted, look, it came from outer space. Oh, man, said his mother, you were born stupid and you've been losing ground ever since. This 3D broccoli is headed the other way. Now get up it quick and see what the pit is. Well, Jack began to climb the beanstalk. And at last he found himself in the clouds, and even more surprising, at the gates of a strange castle. Curious, he entered the castle and found a giant asleep at a table. As Jack entered, the giant stirred. Fee, fi, fo, fum, said the giant. Ulya Papa Dow, said Jack, trying to find the key. Fee, fi, fo, fum, said the giant. Well, muff off, eef, eef, said Jack. What's that, said the giant? That's fee-fi-fo-fum spelled backwards, said Jack. Look, I know you bobcats like to get high, but this room is ridiculous. Where are we? This is my castle, said the giant. Well, all right, Charlie, said Jack. When you're ready to get off a wire me. In the meantime, when do we latch onto this crazy bird you got on the table? Oh, man, said the giant. This is the goose that lays the golden eggs. Daddy-o, said Jack. I hope I can play this conversation back after you rejoin the earth people. But at that moment... The goose laid a golden egg before Jack's very eyes. I take it all back, man, said Jack. This gone gosling is Fort Knox with feathers for sure. Look, I uh, I didn't bring my library card, but I think I'll take this item home for a few days. And so saying, he boldly grabbed the goose and ran for the castle gate with the angry giant in full pursuit. In a moment, Jack was sliding down the beanstalk like the firehouse five plus one. And when he reached the ground, he grabbed an axe and began chopping furiously at the base of the stalk. In a matter of seconds, the beanstalk toppled, and the giant was the gaunest. The goose thereafter laid up a storm, and Jack, who was no astute galoot, went on a toot with a local butte, bought himself a zooty suit, and still had a little loot to boot. That is, until tax time rolled around. His man after taxes, Jack had just enough lettuce left to buy himself a cow. 
The moral of this story, kiddies, is no matter what the outcome, if you have a cow that won't give milk, sell him. Poetry and jazz. Psychopathia sexualis. I'm in love with a horse that comes from Dallas. Poor neurotica me. When my family found out, they raised the roof. Cause I bought a ring to fit her hoof. Poor brain, the size of a pea. She looks so nice against the rail. With her pretty long legs and her ponytail. I guess against convention I'll never win. I'll probably end up in the loony bin. But in my heart I'll always be free. The head shrinker said my societal concept had been warped by an Oedipus Rex, which caused me to hate the opposite sex. But what he doesn't know is that my second wife was a ten-pound goose named Tex. I'm paranoid and sublimated, in love with a horse that ain't been spaded. Traumatic scene, please let me be. I've been hypnotized, tranquilized, analyzed, rationalized, taking every pill from second all to Dexamil, sitting with my wife, nicking in the dark, and knowing her ex-lovers are running at Hollywood Park. Can be a bug, I will admit, but it's all made up when I see her running around the house in a negligee bracing bit. Like most young couples, we had our fights, deciding what's fair about her rights. We finally got adjusted and I was boss When I woke one morning and on a lawn I found a fiery cross The Ku Klux Klan said we had to get out that day Move everything, lock, stock, horse and carriage The Klan wouldn't stand for no mixed marriage So I'm feeling blue Ain't got a penny in my pocket We're gonna volunteer for a satellite rocket so me and her can sit and spoon And visit my first wife who jumped over the moon Poetry and all that jazz Alright, this is Wes again Letting you know what you just heard in that last block You heard at the top Ginsberg doing a howl That was excellently placed on top of music by Sam Spence called Bongo Run, thanks to Jorge and his uh, uh, patient ways at, at mixing jazz music. Why did you Why did you pick that uh, track? Because I love the football jazz. That's right. I've, I've, I'm, I was not aware of football jazz until Jorge hit me to it. And, uh, well, let me pass it along by hipping you to more. We had Don Dixon in there doing a track called Cool, which is, as far as I know originally from the West Side Story soundtrack, uh, we had a bit of a difference when it came to uh, which cool is better. But, uh, you know, this is Jorge's program, so so it's his way or the highway. I'm picking up what he's putting down. All right? Or else, or else. Uh, Beverly Garland in there as well with Tempest in a Teapot, a story about teenage rebellion. And you also heard from Steve Allen with Bebop's Fable. And I don't know why it is, but it came about that, uh, I guess, in the 60s, people just had to do fairy tales, uh, fables, all that sort of stuff in beatnik style. There are many tracks. John Zacherly, the cool ghoul himself, the, the king of monster music, does some of those tracks. And I have no idea where it started, but I dig it, and I hope that uh, kids could dig it too so they can get into 
this wild music and that wild scene. Also in there, Lenny Bruce, uh, possibly we're at odds with that because I understand it doesn't sound like him. Uh, but uh, I was Psychopathia Sexualis. The, the theme seems like him, perhaps not the voice. But uh, which brings uh, about this whole argument about uh, two worlds of beatniks existing in pop culture and in, I guess, a real culture, so to speak. The tormented uh, poets, the, the drunks, the junkies who really sit down and write those uh, heart-wrenching poems that are known as the poems of the beat generation and the fun bongo-playing turtleneck-wearing party people that uh, the pop culture beatniks are known as. Look, I don't care which is which and which is right or which is wrong. All I know is it's awesome to listen to any of them, and that's why we're playing more great stuff for you coming up. So stay tuned. Radio Free Bakersfield. After being rejected on physical grounds from five officer training programs... I was drafted into the Army and certified fit for unlimited service. I decided I was not going to like the Army and copped out on my nuthouse record. I once got on a Van Gogh kick and cut off a finger joint to impress someone who interested me at the time. The nuthouse doctors had never heard of Van Gogh, they put me down for schizophrenia, adding paranoid type to explain the upsetting fact that I knew where I was and who was president of the U.S. When the Army saw that diagnosis, they discharged me with a notation. This man is never to be recalled or reclassified. After parting company with the Army, I took a variety of jobs. You could have about any job you wanted at that time. I worked as a private detective, an exterminator, a bartender. I worked in factories and offices. I played around the edges of crime. But my $150 per month was always there. I did not have to have money. It seemed a romantic extravagance to jeopardize my freedom by some token act of crime. It was at this time and under these circumstances that I came in contact with junk, became an addict, and thereby gained the motivation, the real need for money I had never had before. The question is frequently asked, why does a man become a drug addict? The answer is that he usually does not intend to become an addict. You don't wake up one morning and decide to be a drug addict. It takes at least three months shooting twice a day to get any habit at all. You don't really know what junk sickness is until you have had several habits. It took me almost six months to get my first habit and then the withdrawal symptoms were mild. I think it's no exaggeration to say it takes about a year and several hundred injections to make an addict. The questions, of course, could be asked. Why did you ever try narcotics? Why did you continue using it long enough to become an addict? 
You become a narcotics addict because you do not have strong motivations in any other direction. Junk wins by default. I tried it as a matter of curiosity. I drifted along, taking shots when I could score. I ended up hooked. Most addicts I have talked to report a similar experience. They did not start using drugs for any reason they can remember. They just drifted along until they got hooked. If you have never been addicted, you can have no clear idea what it means to need junk with the addict's special need. You don't decide to be an addict. One morning you wake up sick, and you are an addict. I have never regretted my experience with drugs. I think I am in better health now as a result of using junk at intervals than I would be if I had never been an addict. Junk is a cellular equation that teaches the user facts of general validity. I've learned a great deal from using junk. Some people like to rock, some people like to roll, but me, I like to sit around to satisfy my soul. I like my women short, I like my women tall, and that's about the only thing I really dig yeah. at all. Well, man, well, I belong to the B generation. I don't let anything trouble my mind. I belong to the B generation, and everything's going just fine. Woodsville, yeah. Some people say I'm lazy, and my life's a wreck. But that stuff doesn't faze me. I get unemployment checks. I run around in sandals. I never ever shave, and that's the way I wanna be when someone digs my grave. Put a beat in the White House. I belong to the B generation. Yeah. I don't let anything trouble my mind. Sneaky feet. Yeah. I belong to the B generation, and everything's going just fine. Back on the road. I once knew a man who worked from nine to five. Just to pay his monthly bills was why he stayed alive. So keep your country cottage, your house and lawn so green. I just want a one-room pad where I can make the scene. So out it's in. I belong to the B generation. I don't let anything trouble my mind. I belong to the B generation. And everything's going just fine. Oh, oh man, poetry and jazz there. I belong to the B generation. Yeah. I don't let anything trouble story. my mind. Hey, hey let's flip I to the coffee house. I belong to the B generation. Now, we've made this thing long enough. I belong to the B generation. Lesson two, vocabulary building. I didn't want it. You wanted it. Now you've got it. You don't like it. You can't get out of it now.
pork and beans, diapers to wash. Too poor for the movies, too tired to love. There's nothing we can do. Stenographers on the subway The grocery boy has got a big one We can't do anything about it Young once, you've got to die when your time comes. That's how it is. Nobody can change it. This is him. Big D, little A, double D, O, O. Big Daddy-O. Charlie? Charlie? Help! This is the man. I had to pipe in on your wavelength because I'm shook. Like, I don't want to swing without you, baby. Like, holy mackerel, kingfish. And? Be hip, baby. I'm jelly. Like I've had big eyes for you since we bopped at the hop. I mean, I get sounds when I think of you. Like... Like, no, baby. This is your love burger from the other AM. Man, it was a wig. So far out, like, I'm still orbiting. Shazam! Erwin? Uh, no noise like that. Let me straighten you. The drive-in movie. You and me on the backseat of my motorcycle. 
Wow, Chipiga! I mean, I thought you were driving. Cool, cool, cool! Tony! Baby, let me clue you! Like you're my leader! Let's do a double gig! I know a crazy coffee pad where we can lose the world. This hut has a combo so far out, it's in! You want to take me to an espresso place where they play modern music. Is that it? You're hip. Now put on your face and let's join the race. Don't bug me, I'm nutty. Like I love you. Dig? I guess it's all right, but who is this? Marsha! Don't you know me? I'm your groove! Marsha? But this isn't Marsha. Is this Sunset 77777? No, this is National 92600. Uh-oh. Well, don't bug me with details, baby. It's my last dime. Just clue me where you live. This is me, Kooky. Wow, crazy, Pop. I was tootling along in my go-wagon, testing my new chrome oil dipstick, which I had just infused in my glitter and milk. I waked out completely as my bulging peepers took in the sight that I'm about to relate to you. There, cruising along the white line slightly in front of my left front fender was a chopped and channeled container painted a bright squash plum red. And written on the side in glowing gangrene letters was the title, Bond Hutch, the Mad Martian Pinstriper. Man, like I almost flipped my wig, for you see, the whole container wasn't over 12 inches long. I gave a blast on my horn, and we both came to a screeching halt, at which time I commenced to find out who or what was doing the navigating of this pint-sized bomb. As I approached this vehicle cautiously, the door swung open, and out popped this little three-and-a-half-inch high weirdie who I found out later was Bon Hutch, the Mad Martian pinstriper himself. All of a sudden, he leaped on my leather jacket and started making with the wildest pinstriping. And when he ran out of jacket, he started on me. Man, this shook me into a state of fright. So I disengaged the contact and blasted off for home. Upon reaching my pad, I descended from my bomb and Shocksville. My whole car from bumper to bumper was pinstriped, including my cherry spinner hubcaps. I looked around for Von Hutch, but couldn't find him nowhere until I gazed at my pad. He was pinstriping the whole house. Like I now possess a completely pinstriped jacket, a completely pinstriped car, a pinstriped house, inside and out, which my folks don't know about yet, and the only pinstriped cocker spaniel in existence. Man, like, please, if you know what I should do, please write me. Jerry Madison, 5810 South Normandy, Hollywood, California. Filthy Rotten Wes, and you're listening to Radio Free Bakersfield. And let me tell you what you heard last. That was uh, Jerry Madison with Yvonne Hutch, the Mad Martian Pinstriper. Uh, true story, by the way, that whole song. All of it. 
believe me. Ed Burns was in there beforehand. Ed Kooky Burns, star of 77 Sunset Strip, a man who cannot sing worth a damn. Luckily, they let him just talk through all of his tracks, and that was called Like I Love You. Kenneth Rexroth was in there with Married Blues. I didn't want it. You wanted it. A uh, great track there uh, about uh, the reality of marriage. Uh, hopefully not the reality for all of you, right? Bob McFadden and Door performed the beat Generation, which is uh, an anthem or anthemic track, we could say. That Door stands for Rod, as in Rod McEwen, who you heard earlier doing haiku poems. And that track, very interesting story behind it, but it is what is said to have inspired Richard Hell to do the Blank Generation. If you uh, look back at this podcast and you listen to it again, you'll definitely pick it up. Heck, or it's Stray Cat Strut. But uh, really, uh, <laughs> the Beat Generation by Bob McFadden and Dor off of their album Songs Our Mummy Taught Us. Uh, great album if you happen to find it. Uh, and way back there, William Burroughs doing Junkie with, uh, it was Mundell Lowe and his all-stars performing Naked City. That was the musical track underneath it. And uh, that does it for the tracks on this installment of Radio Free Bakersfield. My name's Filthy Rotten West again, and uh, I just want to drop these things here at your feet. Let me tell you that uh, I do my own show, Trashomatic Garbage A Go Again, Trashomatic Garbage A Go Go. Yeah, Sunday nights on KUCI, that's 88.9 FM. I'm on live, so, you know. One of those things you just have to do on a Sunday night. I'm also the frontman of a band called Trash Monsters, which you've heard on this program because Jorge's uh, great enough to ha- either have good taste or be very kind. And uh, you know what? I love being in the company that I am in uh, in here right now with Jorge and musically in those other uh, podcasts that Trash Monsters are played in. Hopefully you'll hear from us uh, in future ones. I'm going to be around. I know that for sure, but Sunday nights, 10 p.m. on KUCI. And hey, this has been a wonderful, if I do say so myself, Radio Free Bakersfield. So long. You've been listening to the Spawn Ranch Dance Party. Give me something to cry about, you little pussy. Join us next time for the Spawn Ranch Dance Party in Radio Free Bakersfield. Radio Free Bakersfield. The Bang Podcast Network.